In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're gonna have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising Podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello. I know this is going to be your favorite subject, taxes. And it is tax day, or it would be if they weren't being delayed this year. But we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about taxes for pelvic PTs, both if you are an employee and if you are an employer. Yeah, so don't go to sleep. Don't tap the button to fast forward this episode. This is actually kind of important. And we feel like there we get so many questions about this. I actually get a lot of DMs about this kind of stuff for people that are starting their businesses. And then this is like a huge section of our business mentorship program because it's important. And so it's kind of a yawner, but we are going to make it not boring. And a lot of times it's intimidating, I think, for people too, where that's a, it's something that holds people back from deciding to start their own business. It's a question that a lot of people have if they're working for somebody else. What's a write-off? What's my W-2? What, how does all this stuff work? Do I need an accountant? All of that, we're going to dive into five questions that a lot of people have given us about tax time and really get into the the nitty-gritty of each of these. So I think you bring up a great point, Jess, actually, that this is one of the... We don't need to say actually after I bring up a great point. (laughs) Unsurprisingly, you bring up a great point. (laughs) Actually. But it is a stumbling block for a lot of people, I think. So if you are out there and you are thinking of starting your own business, and this is one of the things that is kind of like, oh, gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do about that. I don't know what entity I'm going to be. And I think it's going to cost a lot of money to figure that out and all that stuff. This, you better listen up. Yes. So rule number one about taxes, stop complaining about them. Yeah. Just shut up and pay them. Honestly, like just stop it. We need to stop complaining about them. And this is actually advice I give to myself because I get pissed off (laughs) at seeing the bill at the end of the year as well sometimes. But there's very little we can do about this. And especially if you are a employee, like just shut up, honestly, and start paying because don't even get me started about how much you have to pay when you're a business. And taxes mean that you made money at the end of the day. So if you don't want to pay taxes, it's really easy. You don't have to move anywhere. You don't have to do anything. Just stop making money. Yeah, just stop making money. It's really quite easy. Be a bump on a log and then you won't have to pay taxes. But you know, this is actually something that Nicole and I had to realize as business owners a while ago, because we say this a little bit tongue in cheek, because it is frustrating and our process is archaic. And, you know, we shouldn't have to have 10,000, whatever it is, pages of tax laws on the books. But at the end of the day, it's the cost of doing business as a business owner. And when we found ourselves really getting frustrated by it or seeing, you know, like you do the calculations of like, oh, you're working for the first quarter of the year, basically just to pay your taxes. It's just part of our system. And it is what allows us to run a business. It's what allows us to have roads to get to our business. So 
I don't know. I think honestly, we got a lot happier once we just made that rule of like, we're not going to complain. We're going to just do what we can. We're going to pay our fair share of taxes. We're going to do our best to minimize it in every fair way possible, but it is what it is. It really is. And yeah, that's really it. I mean, there really is no other thing to say about that, really. Yeah, I really do Although think Although I we, will say that <laughs> there is nothing there else is to say, but I will say one more say. thing. I will say, though, that Jesse's right in that we once, especially me, once I was just like, fine, it's just that you put that almost in an expense category that is the cost of doing business. It literally comes out of your expenses. Then it makes a lot more sense versus thinking that, somebody's taking something away from you because that's like not how we should think about it. That is a great point because I think so many of us come from that employee mindset too where we don't see that it's taken out of your paycheck month to month and then all of a sudden at the end of the year tax time is actually a good thing for a lot of employees like cool, like it's a money back. Yeah, that Whereas, was a big shift. That was a, a business huge owner, it's, shift. It's, it's very much the opposite. It really does feel like you're, you know, you're smog and you've got all the stuff that you work so hard for and then the government comes in and takes it away. But eventually it does even out. So it is something that we just, yeah, you budget for it just like any other line item. It's, you know, rents and linens and credit card processing fees and taxes. Totally. And as an employer, remember, well, really as an employee, I mean, we talk a little bit about how PTs get paid in other podcasts and stuff like that. But remember that your employer is paying some of your taxes for you. So... As an employer, if you're an employer, then you are paying that for your employees. So it's just like, it's just, again, the cost of doing business. Yes. Second thing is a corollary, I think. Stop talking about write-offs. <laughs> Dude, seriously. I love that Shit's Creek episode, by the way, that's gone around as like a meme on everything where it's like, who writes it off? The, I don't know. The government people. Yeah. Right? But we always, we hear a lot of people say, oh, can I write this off? What's this? Is this a write-off? And if you're a W-2 employee, it does not matter. You are not entitled to write-offs in 99.9% of cases. Like, just... Stop it. Yep. It's not a thing. If you are a business owner, write-offs are not a good thing. Write-offs mean that you had to spend a boatload of money to save a tiny bit of money on your taxes. Yeah. I think we sort of equate this, and that's that Shit's Creek episode is perfect, right? We equate it as being, like, free. Oh, cool. It's a write-off. It's like, mm, you still have to pay a lot of money. It's not free. It's... you basically just have to act like it's what what's the percentage 20 yeah it's like 20 to 25 percent of a discount potentially depending on what you're paying as a personal tax rate on stuff that you already need for your business but we're not going out and saying hey you know what we could really do is like buy some stained glass windows for our clinic it'll be a write-off it's like no that's a freaking waste of money you wasted 80 cents on the dollar and yeah you can write those off but you just threw money out the window in order to get a write-off. So yeah. that's not a thing. Write-offs are wonderful and we should absolutely keep track of all of our expenses. But basically all that's saying is that your profit is going down. So the amount of money you pay in taxes goes down. But profit going down is not a good thing if you're a business. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So, and you know who gets us all like derailed with this is usually it's like our grandpa or our dad that's like, oh, well, is that a write-off for you? And we're like, oh, God, is that a write-off? Oh, cool. What's a write-off? And it's just like we get derailed on this whole bullshit where nobody even understands what that actually means unless you are running a business. And so if you are running a business, you better freaking figure it out and make sure that you're not equating it with free. <laughs> it's not right. free. Which dovetails nicely with our next point here. Number three is, do you need an accountant? 
the it's answer a- is honestly, is it depends. If you are a straight up W-2 employee that does not have very many complicating things on their taxes, then probably not. Pay your money at TurboTax or even do it at TurboTax for free and you're basically home free. You just put your money in, you plug it into the formula, and it's going to kick back exactly what you owe. You know, and something I did, my parents actually had an accountant for a while and I had them do my taxes one year. And then I, when I was working at a hospital based system, and for five years, I basically just copied forward everything that they did for me that first year. So it's not that difficult if you don't have a lot of other things like a business. Now, if you have a business and you are an LLC, an S corp or some other kind of business entity, the answer is absolutely yes. You need an accountant. 100%. Don't question it. Go out and find the right person. We're going to talk a little bit about how to do that. And this is something where I feel like people get penny wise and pound foolish. They try to skimp on this. Oh, I don't really want to have to pay an accountant. And it's like, well, But they have expertise. They literally went to school to know the ins and outs of tax law and all of the things that we didn't go to school for. So you just need to shut up and pay the money to an expert that knows what the heck they're doing. We do not, unless that really tickles your feathers to like learn about tax things, right? If that's like a hobby for you, then first of all, nerd alert, like just seriously pick another hobby. But second of all, like (laughs) Jesse's like laughing. Pick another hobby. That's pick another hobby. Like that's so dumb. So it's just like, you got to make sure that you are paying an expert for their expertise. Just like we're expecting people to pay us money for our expertise in the body. We need to be willing to do that for other businesses that we don't know anything about. That's a great point. And it's something that we talk about with our mentees a lot is as professionals who have specialties, like we should be going to other professionals in their specialties. Like you think a patient is being dumb when they're like, oh yeah, well, I just read online about these two exercises and I've been doing my Kegels, so I should be good. Like that's what you're doing with your taxes. And guess yeah, how much kegel. this stuff... Yeah, yeah do not kegel all over your taxes. <laughs> all right, let's keep those two things separate. And if you're running a business and it's a business entity, if it's a corporate entity, you are going to need and you need to budget for a really good accountant. And I would say the other thing Nicole mentioned about being penny wise and pound foolish is absolutely true because if that person catches one mistake that you're making, they've already paid for the entire cost of preparing your taxes. And it's going to take you so much more time and energy and frustration that you could be putting into building your business that you need to just get the expert and and have them help you. Now, that's an interesting question is if you are starting a side hustle or if you're just starting off and you're a sole proprietor, it is still technically possible to do your taxes by yourself. And I've done those for years uh, in my business by myself. I would still highly recommend in that point still getting an accountant, but that is the point where it is possible if you're doing a side business, if you're just bringing in you know a little bit of money on the side and you're a sole proprietor, you don't have a business entity, you can get by without doing an accountant for that, although I would still recommend it. Our advice still goes about if they find one thing that you could have written off this is who you can talk about write-offs with is your accountant, by the way. <laughs> not your not. friends, not your grandfather, not anybody else. Your accountant can talk to you about write-offs. 
But if they find something like that, it's going to save you the entire cost of having them had done it. So this was something, honestly, we messed up on in the beginning is we went with the family friend route and, oh, somebody who, one of Nicole's patients recommended somebody else. And, you know, then we start talking with her after she's done our taxes for a year and she's like, oh yeah, I don't really believe in 401ks. I was like, what? Like you don't believe in like tax deferred savings account as an accountant? Like your job is literally to save us taxes. Yeah. And by the way, let's just go ahead and talk about the, I think we've all had the inkling to, well, I'll just ask my family friend. And asking your family friend for tax advice that's an accountant is like somebody asking us like, oh, hey, I have this knee problem. What exercises should I do for it? It's how annoying is that question? Or my friend just had a baby. What should she do after? And it's like, you know what? She needs to freaking make an appointment is what she needs to do. And so remember that family friends, even in the context, if you actually use them and pay them, still think of you. And this is what happened, right? The person that Jesse knew from his family, like still probably thought of him as like little 13 year old running around on the soccer field from church. And it's like, you know, they're not like taking into account like, oh, we actually have like a legitimate business now, right? It's not just little Jesse asking for help. It's like, no, we actually need you to like sit down and freaking do your job. And so we ran into that. So just don't do the family friend route and pay people for what their expertise is worth. And interview, we always recommend interviewing at least three accountants. You're going to get different quotes. You're going to get different specialties and ask the right questions about, do they have somebody who has a business like yours? Healthcare business. And if you're, yeah, if you're in the cash-based model, like we are, you know, who else is like that? Well, dentists and chiropractors and acupuncturists, do you work with people like those? Because even if your family friend, going back to that point, is a fantastic large-scale corporate attorney. Like, your family friend could be the CFO of Coca-Cola and the smartest person in the world. But if they're not working with small businesses on the regular, on the daily, they're going to be missing stuff. You cannot know everything about everything. And it's the same thing. It's, It's just like us as physical therapists. Not me as a physical therapist, but it's like physical therapy benefits. Like you can't just say like, oh, you're a physical therapist. You must be able to help me. It's like, oh no, there's specialties. Yeah. That would be like someone asking me like a peds question. I'd be like, I, (laughs) I don't know. I do know that that is a child. I don't know anything else about how to help their pelvic floor, much less anything else going on with their toe walking or whatever the hell else they do. So just get the expertise. Don't use the family friend route. And what else do we say? And pay for expertise. Yeah, pay for expertise. Like you're asking other people to pay for your expertise, you need to be willing to pay for other people's. Now, fourth point here is that make sure that you're budgeting for taxes, and especially if you are a new business owner. And this can be something that's a little bit scary and a little bit tricky, especially in your first year of doing business, because you do not have to pay withholding tax in your first year of business, which is great. You get to keep all of the money that comes in over that first year because the government doesn't know what you're going to make. They're not projecting anything. You don't have to pay any projected taxes. But what happens April 15th, you're going to get a big tax bill come due. And we experienced this in our first year of business. Yeah. As pelvic sanity, I died. I was done. I was like, oh my gosh, we need to shut down pelvic sanity. This is some bullshit. 
with I was the like, bill. But I was like, Nicole, this is what we've been budgeting for. This is why we have a whole separate account where I'm pulling up tax money. And yes, we can pay this, even though there is a large number of zeros behind it. Yeah, I was like, so even still, that's when I started to get really mad, though, because I was like, I do not want to pay that much. <laughs> And but then, but like, well, what do you want to do? Revisit number one, right? Stop complaining. That's that whole situation was better after we made that dis- distinction. Yeah. So in terms of, and we do a podcast on the difference between profit and revenue. So if you guys haven't looked back at that, this is another part of this financial discussion. But we're basically budgeting about twenty to twenty-five percent of our profit for taxes. And so that can either be something you do in your head and you just have that in a buffer account and you make sure that, you know, you've earmarked that for your taxes. Or if you really want to make sure that you're all set and have all your I's dotted and T's crossed, you have a separate bank account where you actually funnel in money. And especially in those first years where you are building up a reserve to actually pay your taxes at the end of the year, because you don't want to get to that end of the year point and be like, oh my gosh. Wait I bought a, a Tesla instead. Right. <laughs> I you thought, thought it was you a write-off. I thought it was a write-off. Shit. <laughs> right. Yeah, don't get bamboozled by that. Yes. So always be budgeting for that. Now, the final thing that I want to dive into, and so everything else on here has probably affected everybody, whether you're an employee or a new business or an employer. This one is going to be basically if you are either a business owner or thinking about being a business owner, there is a ton of confusion out there about corporate entities. What kind of entity should you be? Should you be a corporation? Should you be a partnership? It changes state by state. So there's a whole lot that goes into this. And we've actually done like a whole deep dive into this for our mentees. But really the important thing is don't let this be the determining factor that holds you back from starting your business. Because when you're first starting off, there is not a terrible wrong answer. You can be a sole proprietor in those early days. That's totally fine. You can pay up and start with your LLC or your S-Corp or whatever you end up doing. That's also totally fine. You are not, as a sole proprietor, as a one-person solopreneur, going to make a devastatingly wrong decision early on with that. So that's just a bit of encouragement. This is obviously a really complicated topic that we dive into a lot, but... I just want you to know, like, it does not have to be that complicated. If you are just starting this off, if you're just starting as a side hustle, you can be a sole proprietor. You are not going to get screwed over. You're not going to get sued. There's not a huge mistake you're going to make with that early on in your business. Yeah. And the thing that I didn't realize about that was that you can just start and you can retroactively do stuff also. And you don't have to, yeah, you don't have to, I mean, even file anything. To, to be a sole proprietor, you are already a sole proprietor. Like right all now, you have everybody. To do is collect money. <laughs> That's literally all you have to figure out how to do. So if you're being held back by this fear of taxes, of accounting, of corporate entities, like there's information out there for all of that stuff, but don't let that hold you back. Like you can collect money tomorrow, today, tonight from a patient. And you're now a sole proprietor and you own your own business. Congratulations. Like you don't need a government stamp. You don't need a tattoo. You don't need anything (laughs) in order to do that. So I just wanted that to be like a note of encouragement if you guys are out there and thinking about this, but being held back by the confusion around, oh, what should my legal entity type be? All of that stuff. It's actually simpler than you realize. You're probably going to eventually move to a corporate entity, but you can absolutely start today, tomorrow as a sole proprietor, and you are not going to dig your own grave with that. 
Totally. And then the other, only other thing from a PT standpoint is that you have to check your, the state to, if you're going to move to a corporation, then some states like California, for instance, do not allow physical therapists to form LLCs. We have to form an S corp if we're going to go the corporate tax route. Right. So we have to be a corporation. There's some places that have PLLCs, professional limited liability corporations. There's some places that have PCs, professional corporations. So that's going to be a state by state basis. But all of those entities are going to be taxed the same way. They're all being taxed as an S-corp. So all of that is, is just, you know. Basically what you are on paper. Right. Fall under whatever you need to fall under for your state. And that should be relatively easy to find. You can find that on your Secretary of State website. But you're going to be then at that point taxed as an S-corp, which does have, once you're large enough, some pretty significant tax advantages over a sole proprietor. But again, as you're starting off. It doesn't necessarily need to be a huge worry or something that's going to impede you if that's something that is really holding you back and you don't really know where to even go with that. So I just want to encourage everybody that it does not have to be as complicated. And if you're having some you know, tax attorney or you're having somebody else who's charging you thousands of dollars to try to figure it out, please do not do that. We had a mentee who got like a bill for like $4,000 for like consultation on what kind of entity this should be. Like it is not that complicated. I promise you. Totally. So this year, what's the date that it's due? So it's actually, we have a month extension. So it's going to be May 17th. So we've got a whole nother month before all of that happens. So you guys have a little bit of time to, you know, your accountant is going to hate you, but you still have time to find an accountant in the next (laughs) month. Just as it's an accounting joke, my grandfather's an accountant. Basically, you just leave accountants alone from like February 15th until April 15th. And then another two weeks after that to let them like recover and detox. And then all of a sudden you can talk to them again in May. So that's getting pushed out another month. But this is all stuff that you guys can implement before the May 17th now tax deadline. But this is something to be thinking about as you guys are either starting your own business or I hope you guys have realized if you are a W2 employee, this is about as simple as it gets. So you guys really shouldn't be worried about much at all. I hope you didn't fall asleep about with that because it is super important. And yeah. As you guys have questions about this, let us know. I obviously love talking about this. I'm not asleep at all. I could talk about this stuff all day, but send us a message, shoot an email to Nicole at Public Sanity. As always, we want to keep this conversation going. And let's continue to rise.